Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Scott Wurzbacher. And today we're going to talk about what it means to become a digital nomad. One of the positive outcomes of the COVID-19 pandemic was that it helped people to rethink the way they live and work. Stay-at-home orders showed many people that they didn't necessarily have to report to their physical office in order to perform their work duties. Scores of people have opted to move away from metropolitan areas to work from locations that might have otherwise been considered resort destinations like the mountains or the beach, while others have given up their homes entirely to live and work from the road. And these are today's digital nomads, and today's guest has recently joined their ranks. I have with me Logan Reynolds, who is an environmental software consultant from Oklahoma City. He's a graduate of the University of Central Oklahoma, where he earned a degree in broadcast communications and started his career off in Tennessee. Four years later, he made a life change that brought him to Chicago and an opportunity to start a business with his then partner in the software industry. They grew that business to a staff of 16 people in three offices in Chicago, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and Melbourne, Australia. At the end of 2019, Logan sold his firm and went to work for an environmental design consultancy firm based in Amsterdam. There, he serves on the North, Carolina, the North American Operations Leadership Team and also leads the North American Pride Network, which is their internal corporate group for individuals who identify in the LGBTQIA community. Logan has very recently sold most of his belongings to become a digital nomad and he's here to share the beginnings of this new story that he's in the process of creating. Logan, welcome to the campfire, my friend. Thank you, Scott. I'm super excited to be here, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and, and, and all your listeners here. So thank you for that. Yes, this is such a cool story that is emerging. Um, we, we, you did such a great job of, of giving me some, some points to share with folks in terms of your intro, but let's uh, give me just a little bit more about who you are, um, you know, where this journey kind of started in terms of the city that you kind of were in and, and any other details you want to kind of share about, about Logan Reynolds and, and who you were building up to this point. Uh, yeah. So uh, just to kind of embellish in a little bit on the introduction, again, I, I grew up outside of Oklahoma city and lived the majority of my adult, young adult life in the Oklahoma city metro area. I went to school there, as you mentioned, at university of central Oklahoma. Um, my initial passion was actually in broadcasting. I, I wanted to be a TV broadcaster. Nice. Uh, did not pursue that, of course. After that, went into higher education in Memphis, Tennessee, and dabbled in possibly working at college universities, which then led me to Chicago. And Chicago was really one of the first big life moves that I made for for myself. Um, you know, before I was kind of more driven to a city by by my job, by a profession, by a career, and so Chicago was my first leap that I made. First, for a city that I knew I could grow individually within, and then I made my professional life fit into it. So then switched industries again and got into the software company and had 
the thrilling experience of having my own company for six years across three countries, which was again, thrilling and terrifying all at the same time. Um, but it was really a major growth opportunity for me professionally. And like yeah. I said, now I, I sold that company at the end of 2019. And uh, I know I'm not really living in Chicago anymore because I was there for 10 years. So I'm technically, I'm, I'm currently in Oklahoma at the moment, which is where I'm from, uh, visiting and reconnecting with family. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm experiencing and trying to embrace that whole digital nomad life. And so when people say like, where do you live? It's like, I kind of live wherever my suitcase is at right now. And that's, that's Oklahoma city. So just for folks that maybe haven't heard the term before or aren't familiar with it, let's talk about what it means to be a digital nomad. Yeah. So, and it's, it's kind of evolving for me. I mean, I, when I first started thinking about even to explore this kind of a, a, a lifestyle, um, I started Googling things, right? That's what you do when you're when you're trying to explore and figure things out. I mean, Google is a powerful term. And I, I found this whole community of digital nomads that were living all across the world. And um, basically what it means is that um, you have the, uh, the flexibility to work 100% remote mm-hmm. and you're not location dependent to your career. Mm-hmm. So really, as long as you have a laptop and internet connection, you can work anywhere in the world. And thankfully, in my current profession in the software industry and IT industry, I have that luxury. So um, I think in a nutshell, that's that's what a digital nomad is. And once I got into this, I didn't realize that there was a whole community out there of people that are doing this. Like I, you know, I started getting a little more active on social media just so people knew what I was doing. And all of a sudden, I even had friends or acquaintances that I had not talked to in years that are doing this exact same thing. Mm-hmm. They are in their journey many years down from where I am since I'm just starting my journey. And most of them have gone abroad. They're abroad for six to eight months, then they come back to the States. And so it's it's been really interesting getting opened up to that community. Well, and this is one of the reasons why I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today, because you are kind of early in it. And so it's fun to kind of talk about like the beginning stages is really about becoming a digital nomad and really getting to know kind of like what you're most excited about and, and, you know, dig into some of the fears and things and and some of your plans and what's ahead. Um, But, you know, the thing about it is, is that like, especially with COVID-19, you know, so many people now work from home. I mean, so many people have this ability, right? They can work from anywhere but they don't choose to go become a digital nomad. They stay and work from home and, you know, because they do like that stability. So I'm just curious for you, like just because you can have that opportunity, doesn't mean you have to. So, so what sparked it for you? Really this, this whole motivation kind of sparked uh, not too long ago, back in November. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had, well, before that I was, you know, prior to COVID, I was going into the office you know, Monday through Friday, downtown Chicago. Like that's just what you got used to doing, even yep. though it wasn't even required us for, required for us to go into the office. Like you just feel like that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So Scott, like you mentioned, you know, COVID, you know, if we could call it like one of the like silver linings was that it did kind of flip everyone's thought processes upside down on what they're capable of or what's important to them. And so <clears throat> back in uh, November of this past year, um, I had, unfortunately, I had a really good friend of mine, Jeff, uh, fall into a coma. Um, and him and his partner of 15 years were living in Palm Springs at that time. And um, me living in Chicago, I knew them for almost a decade. And they were a big part of me growing up in Chicago. 
And so whenever he fell into a coma, um, I told Chris, his partner, I was like, I'm booking a one-way flight and I'm coming for as long as I need to. Yeah. So I get there and for the first week of uh, that process, it was very challenging, right? But I wanted to make sure that I could be there for him to, you know, they have two beautiful Dobermans to take care of the house, their dogs, um, be there when he gets home so he could be as emotionally present during this you know, very traumatic experience. Yes. And then a week later, unfortunately, he did tragically pass away. So I was there for then another three weeks after just to be as much of a rock as I could for him because that's what family does. And, and they're definitely part of my chosen family. Yeah. So that experience, and you know, I've had um, I've had people pass away in my life, uh, but not this unexpectedly. So you know, with any death of someone close to you, it really puts things back into perspective. Yeah. And as a cliche as cliche as it sounds, life is just too short to think back and think about what if I would have done this. You know, why am I stressing and uh, feeling anxious about insignificant things or why am I putting unnecessary boundaries on myself that's keeping me from being happy? So I got back home um, and two things kind of happened from a realization standpoint that I would say planted the seed for this motivation. So first, as I mentioned, just putting my life back into perspective, what's important to me, wanting to make sure I'm taking the most of every moment. And two, I was there for in Palm Springs for about five weeks total. And when I got back, I realized it didn't impact my professional or personal life as much as I thought being away from that for that long would have been. So it also had that aha moment of thinking, wow, I, I have a lot more flexibility than, than I thought I did. So that was the first two kind of seeds that got planted. I, I still wasn't formulating this, this plan quite yet. So then really as the, as the months went on, um, my friend Chris and I, we uh, both were going through some very individual journeys and self-discovery of ourselves. And we yeah. were like, what can we do to get away for the summer for, you know, two months and just, you know, live somewhere else and just mentally reset and unplug. So we started planning that out. And the start of that journey was going to be around mid-June. So then in my mind, I'm thinking, well, rent in Chicago is very expensive. So I was like, how can I get away without paying rent in Chicago? Then I started looking back at my my lease and I realized that my lease ended basically right before we were wanting to take that journey. Okay. So then I thought, okay, that that's good timing. Um, and then the first thought of me thinking, well, what if I just got rid of my apartments? You know, what if I just got rid of my things, most of my things, and uh, and was voluntarily homeless for maybe that month or two? And then I thought, what if I just kept going? What if I didn't plan this out and just thought, well, I could move from this location to this location. And of course, inherently, all my thoughts were feeding in to say, like, you can't do this. Like, this is not something that is, you know, efficient or smart. But really, after that, so many things started falling into place to where um, I had an opportunity to store what stuff I do still have in Chicago for free at, uh, at a friend's house there in Chicago. Um, I remember looking around in my apartment at all the stuff that I had, which, you know, I, you always think brings you happiness, but then I started realizing what really makes me happy are my, my relationships that I've built and that I maintain mm -hmm. and those experiences. Mm -hmm. So at that point I made not yet a conscious decision, but I was like, okay, I think I can do this, but there was still a pretty long path ahead to come to that realization. 
but but that's kind of what sparked it. I, I want to stop you there because I love that you just said like that you hadn't yet made a conscious decision. I mean, everything I'm hearing you say, like you're moving towards this thing, but yet but yet you hadn't actually made a conscious decision yet. And I just think that's yeah. so like I love that. I think that's so cool. Um, a couple other things that I that I picked up on as you were talking is like you you were talking about like you went to the office because that's what you were supposed to do. Right. And we have so many things in our lives that are supposed tos. And it's almost like, you know, COVID-19 did kind of give us the checkup on like these these supposed tos. And I'd almost say that like supposed tos are like potentially limiting beliefs. And when we catch ourselves like shooting on ourselves, as I like to say, like those are great points to go, wait a minute, like, do I have to do it this way? And then the next thing that you start that you said like three or four times in a row is what if, what if, what if, what if, and you start asking those questions. And that's where like, that's where the magic starts happening. So you're like, well, what if I did this? Hmm. And then something falls into place for you. And what if I did this and something else fell into place? And it's so cool how these things were like falling into place for you. I just love this story. Yeah, it really, I, it's funny because at one point I, you know, I kind of felt like the universe was saying, just go for it. Yeah. And I, I was almost trying to convince myself out of it. It's like, I had everything in place to do it. Um, I didn't have really anything personally holding me down that needed me to be in Chicago. My professional life, I'd realized I can be abroad or be in a different city and it not impact that. And so everything fit into place for me to actually try this. And I thought I may never have this opportunity again. So let's just go for it. Hey everyone, it's Scott here. Did you know that the members of my real estate team, W Realty Group, are listening to their own voices that call to adventure by setting big goals? Some of those goals include planning trips to Bali and the Kingdom of Bhutan, buying investment homes and running the Chicago Marathon. At W Realty Group, we support and encourage these big goals and wanna help turn them into reality. We're currently looking to add new members to the team. If you know a great real estate agent in the Charlotte, North Carolina area that would benefit from being part of our team, please send a text, an email, or give me a call. And know that when you support W Realty Group, you're also supporting this podcast. Thanks for listening. The universe said, just go for it. And so <laughs> like, and I mean, I'm almost feeling honestly like an effortlessness. I'm almost feeling like this just all just sort of unfolded for you. It did. It, it really did. It's everything just fell into place. And I almost... Again, my my inherent nature, and I, I'm sure we're going to unpack this later about some of the <laughs> kind of initial fears and yeah. things that maybe were uh, helping, assisting and resisting to this. But again, my innate nature is to have structure, plan everything out, have a design, like know what I'm doing, have as much certainty as possible. And I talked about the pendulum swinging the other direction. I mean, this was throwing that all upside down on its head. So of course there is that inherent fear, but luckily I was able to kind of push back, push past that and make small steps that almost made it to where it was like the point of no return. Like, okay, I'm in this, I'm committed to it. Even though I'm a little terrified, I, I'm going to do it and just see what happens. I love that so much. So do you remember when that like subconscious like all that process became a conscious decision. Do you remember, was there a moment when you were like, okay, yep, I'm doing this. Uh, yeah. So there was, <laughs> so once all the pieces I mentioned that were starting to fall into place personally, I felt like the only thing that was holding me back then was mentally, right? I was mentally having to push past those, those barriers and controls I put into place that 
I thought were making me comfortable. And I remember one day, like I, you know, I was looking around in my apartment in Chicago, like I mentioned earlier, and I was thinking, um, you know what? I don't need this. I don't need this stuff. We always think that getting the nicest car and having the nicest apartment and, uh, you know, dressing so well and having so many things is what's going to bring you happiness. And it may for a short period of time, but after a while, humans inherently just get bored, right? And you get used to that lifestyle. So I remember looking around in my apartment and just realizing that the stuff is not what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And then I had this kind of thought again of, I want to, I want to invest not in more stuff, but in experiences. And I'd been procrastinating signing my lease off to my place in Chicago for, I mean, I would say a good couple months. Cause as soon as I did that, it was a point of no return. And that was one of the days I was like, you know what, just go for it. Like, you know what you want to get out of this experience. For some reason, you're trying to talk yourself out of it. Like I said, the universe is saying, just go for it. And the next day I signed the lease off in my place and I was off to the races. <laughs> At that point, I knew it was happening. So so that was really it for you is like the physical, the physical signing of that release on your lease was basically like what sealed the deal. Yes, it was a, like I said, I, I it took me, I would say a good two months to like finally send that email and finally sign that document. Uh, Cause that was the last mental block that I had. But when I did, it was really showing me that, okay, I'm doing this. Yeah. Whether I'm ready or not, I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. All right. So like, again, you kind of talk about the universe just sort of like, I mean, like, it's like, here you go, go, here it is. This is, this is right here for you. But then you said you had these mental blocks. So it was almost like, you know, universe is handing this to you, but you had this, this mental resistance. And I'm just curious if you could share like what some of those mental blocks were, or what, what were, what was some of the resistance that you experienced? I would say that a lot of it is based off of society's way of thinking that you have to live a certain way, right? That, you know, as you grow up as an adult, there's, you know, these kind of norms or standards that are kind of imposed on you, right? That is supposed to be the traditional path for anyone, a young professional, man, woman, it doesn't really matter. There's so many societal pressures to act a certain way, live a certain way, be a certain way. Um, and also, I think, you know, again, living in a capitalist country, it's you unfortunately put a lot of your worth into your job, how much money you make, then how much like uh, how much stuff you have, the car you drive. And so, of course, all of those kind of societal pressures were weighing very heavy on me. Right. Because the idea of I joke, I tell people I'm voluntarily homeless. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out and say, like, are you OK? Like, is, is everything <laughs> fine? Like. I didn't realize you were in this bad of times. I'm like, no, I'm, this is a voluntary uh, experiments. Yeah. And so those were, I think some of the initial blocks for me. And again, not taking that many risks over the past two and a half years, which served a purpose at one point and realizing that I need to break out of that because it's, um, you know, whether it works out or not from a risk perspective, like that's to live. Like you get so much growth out of either failing or succeeding, but I feel like inaction and just staying the course is much more detrimental to your overall long-term growth. Yeah. Oh man. I love it. Okay. So the, the thing about this podcast is we love to explore sort of, um, I call it the voice that calls us to adventure and then, you know, the resistance that you experience along the way and these mental blocks, um, 
we, 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 there's supposed tos, right? There shoulds. And they're like, these are some of the things that you, um, kind of opened your mind to and sort of pushed past essentially. So I'm just curious, like this, this voice that calls us to the adventure, is this, is this, how would you kind of relate that to like the universe saying, Hey, here you go. This is, it's ready for you. Is that, is that kind of one of the same, like, is it, is, are we taught, is that the same thing? Yes, I would say so. I mean, I say the universe, it's really yourself, right? It's, yeah. it's, um, it's your ego. Your ego can be a very powerful thing and it can be your biggest motivator and your biggest uh, restriction in life. Um, and I think that I also rely a lot on uh, other mentors like in my life, whether it's close friends or family members or authors that I, you know, admire lots. Like, you know, one of my favorite, uh, I'm a big Brene Brown fan. Nice, me too. She's my great. Favorite, yeah. One of my favorite quotes is she talks about that vulnerability is the birthplace of creativity, innovation, and change. Yeah. And so when you have that courage to really step outside your comfort zone, be vulnerable, whether it's having hard conversations with people or yourself, um, I think that's where, again, that great change can happen. So for me, I know I say the universe, but it was really just myself kind of talking myself through the whole process. And I journal a lot as well. And it's, it's funny when I'm journaling, I kind of flip from first to third person where kind of talking about my experience. And then I'm, I flipped to motivating myself about my experience. And, and I think that's what really helped me kind of get through this is to stay as emotionally present as possible, listen to that voice, um, be very analytical and have, uh, be as mindful as, as possible. So that mindfulness, and I'm, I'm big into meditation as well. Cool. Uh, that's really helped me tap into that, that voice that whenever it's saying, don't do it, don't do it, because that's what you used to do. That's when I push forward and think, okay, let me explore this further. There is a lot of wisdom in like the last 30 seconds of what you just <laughs> talked about between the journaling and the meditation. You know, there's actually um, some research that I read about recently about talking to yourself in the first person versus the third person and the effects that that can have. So that that's super cool. And I love hearing that you've actually been able to use that to make some of these decisions for moving forward. So mm -hmm. um, before we dive into sort of your plan for where you're going to go and, you know, what, you know, kind of your plan for this whole experience that you're embarking on now. I do want to also touch on um, something that you and I have in common, which is sort of this need for structure and planning. And like, I'm all about that. I'm, I'm a very analytical person and I definitely love to have plans in place. And I'm, you know, I thrive on certainty. I love the variety and the uncertainty, but I definitely have to have that foundation of certainty. So um, I'd love to just kind of, to hear a little bit about that. And, and this, um, you said I had a, I, I need to take more risk. And I guess I'm just curious, like what is fueling that need? Is there, is there a voice inside that's, that's fueling that as well? This need to take more risk. Uh, yes, because after spending so many years of not taking risks, I, I started, um, I started, um, uh, feeling just stagnant. I felt like I wasn't growing. I felt like I wasn't moving forward. I felt like I wasn't learning a lot of um, new skills or new um, ways to live or life. It just, I really did realize that, again, it served its purpose, but then I um, i knew that I needed a change. And I will say one great thing that's out of this whole experience, even prior to this, 
Um, you know, back in 2020, and it was rough for everybody. I had a very challenging 2019, back that up to 2020. 2021 um, is also where I found therapy. And therapy was, I'd never done it before. And for some reason, there's like therapy in your mind, it seems so taboo. And like, you're accepting that something's wrong with you, but that's not the case. Like, you know, you go do yoga, or you go to the gym to um, make you physically healthy. Like, why wouldn't you go to a therapist to make you mentally healthy? And that also was a very big moment for me just to kind of talk through a lot of these challenges and these voices and having someone um, very unbiasedly, you know, either confirm or push back on that. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, when I started talking about this whole journey, um, he mentioned, he was like, Logan, I'm not supposed to tell you what to do, but do it. He said, it's time for you to, he said, it's time for you to embrace uncertainty and structure your life. And I was like, okay, I, I, in my mind, I had already known that, but hearing that from someone else, I was like, okay, let's go for it. So that, that was a big component for me as well. That was a, a big motivator for this. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I, th the therapy piece, I think that's great. I think, and you know, it comes back to pushing past the shoulds you mentioned a taboo, like you mentioned therapy itself being a taboo. And so just like by virtue of, uh, working with a therapist, just, just by doing that, you're pushing past that taboo. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and there's growth in that. And I, I thought it was kind of cool. Like when I asked the question, like, why did you feel like you needed to take more risk? It came back to growth. And, you know, I don't know, like this is, this might even be like a topic for a whole nother podcast, but you know, you're so dialed in and you got, you've got a lot of wisdom here. And I'm just curious, like, gr like growth, like what's the motivation behind like a desire to grow? Challenging my status quo. Um, like challenging what I thought I needed, challenging what I thought made me happy, um, challenging what I thought was possible, right? Um, I think there's also a, one of my favorite Nelson Mandela quotes, like everything seems impossible until it's not, mm. right? And so for me, it's this whole idea of doing this felt, felt impossible. I was like, this is not something I can do. I can't manage this. Like I have to have a home base and it felt impossible, but obviously it's not. So really it's, it, um, yeah, I think that motivation for growth was, um, was re really driven by just challenging myself, challenge myself to do something different that I would never normally do in my kind of regular day-to-day -day life, knowing that it's, it's going to be challenging. I mean, I, I would love to say that the past two months have been just, you know, perfect and everything's been so happy and wonderful, but it has, but it's also come with its challenges. I mean, I've been on the road now for about two months. So you're kind of catching me on the beginning stage of, of this journey that I'm on. And I really feel like I'm, I'm kind of in still that breakdown phase to where like I am breaking down a lot of those controls that subconsciously I feel like I just need to hold on to. Right. And so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, I've had my ups and downs, but I'm also just learning that that's part of the process. Yeah. I mean, I've had many moments where I was like, did I, did I make the right decision? Like, am I, did I commit to too much that I can handle emotionally, mentally? Um, but I try to lean into that and ask why, and what's the worst case scenario? What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And once I really analyze those feelings and that's where, again, a meditation comes into play and you realize you're not your feelings. Mm -hmm. 
they they're happening for a reason, recognize them, and then you can respond to them in a more healthy way. So that was a big component as well, just in, in realizing that, um, nothing's impossible. That sounds so cliche. I know, but it's like, it really is. I mean, nothing's impossible until you just go for it and maybe it doesn't work, but at least you tried it. So I, man, I love that so much. You're making what, what was previously impossible possible. And there's like, there's huge growth in that and there's huge fulfillment and satisfaction in that. Yeah. Um, so, all right, let's, let's go to, you've been on the road for two months. So how are the first two months going? Can you tell us about like, you know, that first, what was the first week like? Yeah. So the first week and I, I started this journey in, it's been about two months. Um, mm -hmm. I knew that some of these trips were going to be one week long, uh, one week long stints. Right. But for the first like couple months, I also wanted to find a place where I could plant my feet for a little while yep. to also kind of feel a little settled. Of course, a goal of this is also at the end, whenever I decide to settle down, if I decide to settle down, exploring parts of the country, maybe even outside the country that I'd be uh, willing and wanting to uh, to live in. Mm -hmm. So it started in Southern California. I was in San Diego, which nice. I've always enjoyed. Good place to start. Yes. <laughs> I've always enjoyed the that Southern Cali vibe. And so I um, started in San Diego for a week. Uh, then went to New York City uh, for about a week and a half. Um, another city that is also very interesting to me. I just think the the energy and the life there it's very uh, it's very contagious, and I, I do draw a lot of energy from from those types of environments. Yeah. So that was the first two weeks, or first like two to three weeks, and then I went to uh, Provincetown, Massachusetts, yep. which is uh, at the very tip of Cape Cod. Mm -hmm. um, so I was there for five weeks and that was kind of my moment to kind of, okay, I'm going to settle for a little bit and just make sure I'm planning and preparing for the next legs of this, of this journey. And as I got there towards the end of that trip, I was like, okay, like for the next, who knows how many months it's going to be a week here, a week there, a week there, a week there. And I started getting overwhelmed. Right. I I'm like, I'm like, I started having those inherent fears come back. I'm like, I, I can't handle this. I can't do this. But that's again where I try to talk myself out of it. Like that's where I try to talk to myself either in the first or third person, depending on the need there. And I move past it. Um, again, not with some breakdowns here and there and really having to rely on friends to kind of motivate me to get back going. Um, and now I'm currently uh, reporting. I was lucky enough to have uh, two friends that have a professional podcast studio. So I'm reporting nice. from there back in Oklahoma. Nice. And I'm here in Oklahoma um, visiting family because it had been way too long since I've been back. Uh, reconnecting with uh, old friends and family members that I hadn't seen for years that you know now have multiple kids. But you know, even if you go for very long periods of time without speaking to like someone who used to be maybe one of the most important people in your life, it doesn't take the value away from that relationship. Mm -hmm. So we were able to pick just right back up. From there or from here, I then go to San Francisco, also exploring California just now Northern California, Yep. back to Chicago for a little bit, just to kind of um, resettle again and kind of just reconnect again with my old Chicago crew, which I haven't seen in over two months. And then I'm off to Greece for a week and a half. And Ooh. that takes me until the end of August. And again, something that I've consciously done, which is exciting and terrifying is that I've only booked a one-way flight to Greece as of now. Sweet. I've not booked a return trip. Um, and I'm trying to be open to inspiration driving me. That's maybe I want to 
we're in a camper van and drive throughout Eastern Europe, or maybe I want to take a stop into like Amsterdam where my company is based out of, or do a solo trip somewhere. Cause that part of this journey, I do want to make sure that I have a solo adventure where it's me and only me. And I embrace being alone mm -hmm. and uh, find a way to, to enjoy that. Yeah. So then that gets us into September and I've left that open by design. There's I, a couple of things that. that I'm exploring, but I, again, I didn't want to plan it out so far in the future. Like I said, I want to let inspiration take me, but I've got a few other options I'm exploring for September and beyond. So that's awesome. I, I think I do want to kind of hear a little bit about what's on your like wish list, but, um, I'm curious in terms of the planning, it sounds like, well, um, P-Town was five weeks, but it sounds like you're kind of doing like week, like a shorter periods of time. Like you're not going places for months at a time. It's like week here, a week there. Um, do you think that's kind of how this whole thing is going to play out? Do you think you'll start staying in places for longer periods of time? I I've learned that, uh, I need to, I need to, I would say mix that up. Right. Yeah. I think that the next few weeks are going to be, you know, quick trips. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one of the things I'm exploring in September is that once I dove into this digital nomad community, I realized that there are also a lot of companies out there, uh, travel companies that plan long term trips for digital nomads. And a lot of times within a similar in a foreign country, but a lot of times in a similar time zone as the US. So I'm exploring a few of those to where, you know, realizing that I could have a company plan the majority of the trip, housing, everything. And I could live, you know, in Peru uh, for the entire month of September. And the the crazy part is, is that it would be cheaper to do that than the rent I was paying in Chicago. So that also kind of flips my mind to think like financially, it almost makes sense too. Yeah. So, and I wanted to hit that point too, because it's something that you and I talked about on the very first call that we had when we were first getting to know each other. But like the financial piece, I mean, people could listen to this podcast and just go, oh, you know, he sold his business and he's got all this money. He can do all this stuff. But like you shared with me that, you know, a lot of what you're doing is inside the budget of what you would have been paying for rent in Chicago. So um, can you talk a little bit about like the, the financial management piece of all of this? It's, you know, it's, I think it's more doable than people think. Right. And and that was another mental block for me, right? Because you do think financially, if you're traveling so much and um, it just, it seems again, impossible. It seems, um, it doesn't seem like a smart decision. So I really started looking at, you know, my expenses to live in Chicago, which, you know, Chicago is not an inexpensive place by right. any means. Um, so the rent I was paying, uh, the, the things that I was doing, going out to eat, still doing some travel from Chicago here and there. And then when I realized I could drop that monthly expense in Chicago and put that towards these experiences and, you know, know too that I, I do feel very lucky that I've got um, a good community of friends in mm -hmm. many different parts of the country that have already told me that, you know, if I need a home base for a week or two, just um, to resettle, I have that as an option. Um, I've taken advantage of staying with friends. So a lot of even my living situations, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not investing a lot of money in those living situations. And so then that money I was paying for in Chicago, I can put that towards future expenses that, or future adventures that I know I am going to be paying for. So, so it is, it's a lot, it's a lot more realistic than I thought it was going to be. And to be honest, as I started mapping out, even these first two months, uh, I actually broke a little under even from what it would have been if I was staying in Chicago. That's amazing. That is, that is so cool. 
All right. And so also um, like accommodations, like like the kinds of places that you're choosing to stay in and then also how you're balancing, like you have a job, like where do you go to do your work? Like, how are you managing all of that? Which has also come with its challenges, right? And I, I'm very lucky to work for a company that gives this flexibility. Mm -hmm. um, I remember whenever I was contemplating this, I messaged my boss. Um, it was, you know, early this year, well before I was still like, committed to doing this. And I, I told my boss, I said, hey, I just want to let you know um, that for the majority of the summer, at that time, I was just thinking three months. Now I'm thinking indefinitely until I feel yeah. like I'm ready to settle. But I said, you know, I'm, I just want to let you know I'm going to not be residing in Chicago for the large portion of the summer and possibly for the remainder of the year. And he responded back with, Logan, I want you to live where it makes you the happiest. And right there, I was like, that's another reason why I stay with this company, mm -hmm. because I'm a firm believer that people don't leave companies, they leave bosses. And yeah. a boss can really make or break your entire experience. So do I love everything about my uh, job? No, but no job is perfect. Yep. But that was one of those moments that I thought, okay, I can do this. Yeah. Or I thought like, okay, I've got the support from my uh, professional side because I am working full time. Like this yep. is not, some people think that, how are you taking off like for three, five, six, seven months? Yep. I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm working yep. still full time. And I did a lot of trial runs when I was living in Chicago, getting familiar with working in untraditional spaces. Mm -hmm. um, I do have, I mean, I've got to engage with customers. So like working in coffee shops is always not conducive with background noise, but I spent a good month really honing in on what I needed for my mobile workspace. Like having a portable second monitor, having enough like charging utilities that if I don't have access to plugs, like I can recharge my laptop without that access. And I did a lot of trial there. Even I did some additional domestic traveling before I embarked on this. And I also used that as a way to test things out, right? Mm -hmm. So it has comes with its challenges. And each time I go to a new place, I do need to find somewhere that I'm comfortable with. Um, luckily in P-Town, they did have a co-working space that I could rent a desk from that they have specifically for uh, people from out of town. So nice. that was perfect. So yeah. I, my daily commute, just biking you know, up the beautiful streets of P-Town every morning was wonderful. So love that. Cool. And so like accommodations, where, where are you typically staying or is it, does it, is it kind of a mix? It's a mix right now. So the first couple trips have been with friends. Good. Um, I'm now staying with family. Uh, mm -hmm. Provincetown, uh, we did get a long-term Airbnb. So we were living out of an Airbnb for those five weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, going forward, it is going to be some Airbnbs there, here and there. Back in Chicago, I've got friends I'm going to stay with. Greece, of course, we've got a place we're going to stay with there. But then beyond that, I'm I'm also trying to push myself beyond what I feel like I need for accommodations as well. Yeah. The things that I feel like I need to, um, I can feel comfortable. So yeah. exploring, you know, living out of a couple hostels here and there, or exploring some of those, maybe what I would consider initially like um, accommodations that I would struggle in. So as of lately, it's been a mix of you know Airbnbs and or staying with friends, which again is what has helped really this financial component kind of even out. Got it. Yeah. So like looking forward, what are you kind of most excited about and and what gives you the most um, angst? Uh, we'll start with the most angst first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with that first. Um, the, I think it's, you know, as I mentioned, um, since you've caught me on the beginning of this trip, right. which I think at the end of this, I'm going to have a much different perspective. 
the the angst that I have is me being able to be fully present in every moment when I'm on this journey. Because it, it has been hard at times, right? It's like I, I'm still, like I said, in that breakdown phase to where I'm I'm trying to let go of those things that I thought I needed. And so the angst that I have really is is being able to fully embrace that uncertainty and and be as mindful and reflective as possible to get the most out of this opportunity. So I want to stop you right there because so you've been on this journey for two months and you said that the angst is like being fully present. I love that being as present as I can, being fully present. And I think that applies no matter who you are and where you are. So like in the two months that you've been on this trip, like, have you, have you figured anything out? How how do you stay fully present? I I go back to, you know, one of the, a few key components that I really wanted to focus on when I was traveling um, is my uh, mental and physical health, right? Mm. So I'm real. I really prioritize making sure that no matter where I'm going, I have possibly an access to a kitchen where I can cook or there are health, I'm a vegetarian as well. So are there healthy restaurants out there that um, can support, you know, what I feel like is um, what I would need from a healthy diet? Um, access to a gym or yoga studio. If not, like I make my own, usually just wherever I'm at. Um, yoga, meditation, just any kind of physical activity and or that meditation and yoga, like that mindfulness, mm-hmm. like that's really what's, what helps ground me throughout a lot of these processes. So, so that's been, I think a big component of, of really, really pushing back past that angst and being emotionally present because it takes a lot of training to just set and do nothing and just be in your thoughts for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And after I go through that kind of meditation, like I try to journal and reflect. I've not been as diligent as I would like to just because again, these first two months, but I'm getting back into that just to make sure that that even if let's say I I have like a breakdown moment, I need to stop and reflect and figure out what I can grow from that. Yeah. And I think that's so, so important because I know like traveling, how it's easy to like break, like for that, for to not eat healthy, right? When you're, when you're on a trip and you just feel like, well, I'm on vacation I can eat whatever I want. But like, you know, in, in the lifestyle that, that you've chosen here to go to do this essentially permanently, like it's not permanent vacation. And so I, you know, I do recognize how hard it is to stay on a routine of taking care of self-care. I think that's great. Um, so yeah, so moving on to what you're most excited about. What I'm most excited about is seeing how I respond to this experience. Like I, 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 again, I can think, I can try to forecast myself and what I I really think that I'm, how I'm going to respond and what I'm going to do and what I'm going to come out of this with. Um, but I'm really excited to see how I respond to it right now. I feel like I'm responding what I think is natural for me, like in what I've been doing for the past couple of years, but what I'm excited about is pushing past that and then seeing how I respond in a much more embracing, loving and compassionate way for myself. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm the most excited about. Um, in addition to, and this is kind of, I guess, an angst and an excitement is letting inspiration take me. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, when I'm in Greece, if I decide that I want to go up to Croatia or if I want to go up to go to France or go to Spain or like I, I, having that flexibility and just realizing that that's not impossible. That's something that even though it does induce some fear, that's also some of the most exciting components is just realizing that, that I can do these things as long as I can push past and and build up that courage. Like I have that flexibility and I have the ability to do it. 
Yeah. I got to tell you, I really love that answer because, you know, you could have said, well, I want to see the world. There's, you know, I want to see the mountains and I want to see the beach and I want to see like, and I'm sure that there's, that some of that is part of the motivation because, you know, we all want to see that. But your answer really was more around the self-curiosity. I love that you said you want to see how I respond. And so it's like this, this curiosity about yourself and really, and it comes back to the growth. Um, and I just think, man, I think that's so cool. Wow. Like this has been, this has been so awesome. Um, so I want to, I want to finish with a couple of questions and really, I think, um, I'm excited to sort of follow your journey. You're two months in, we're just getting started. There's a lot more that's going to come from you. Um, you know, I guess, uh, I want to jump into advice that you have for other people, but in, in this two month period, what have you learned about yourself? Like what lessons have, have already emerged for you? It's funny. So I, I'm, I'm going to relate this to a, a recent experience I had my last weekend in Provincetown. So there was a, it's a really nice uh, coffee shop just on commercial street, which is kind of the main strip for, uh, for most of Provincetown. And I would go there on occasion to do work in the mornings and it's always usually very busy. Mm -hmm. And I sat down one morning and I had an individual that was sitting right next to me. And then a friend showed up across from him and they seemed like old friends that had not caught up for a while. So the other individual started kind of catching him up, up on his life. Um, he was 59 and was going through, you know, he was saying how he had two failed startups, just got out of a 20 year relationship, which went very, was very challenging, trying to restart his life, um, trying to make new friends while grappling with the fact that all of this is unsettled and he's almost 60 years old. But then at the very end of that, he said, but you know what? I'm going to be okay. And so it really was one of those moments that I thought, wow. So life doesn't get any easier as you get older. It doesn't matter if you're 30, 40, 60, 70, there's always going to be something in life that is not perfect. That is not going the way that you want, but it's all about how you respond to it. Mm. And you know, I, I, I it's funny because Naturally, they were sitting right next to me, so I was passively eavesdropping. But then when I started hearing, I started actively eavesdropping because it really just reminded me that, again, life is too short. It's not worth it to stress over past mistakes, and it's worth it to take risks even if they don't pan out the way that it should. And I thought to myself, like, I, I don't want to be that 59-year-old who is about to turn 60 and think back on what if. Yeah. What if I would have taken that risk? What if I would have given a chance on love? What if I would have given a chance to travel somewhere that I, I thought I could never travel to? Like, I, I don't want to think back on that. And so, you know, what's kind of changed is it's just been a few experiences like that. That's just really been a stark reminder about, about what's possible and what's important. You are embracing the what ifs. And I love, like, as Brene, Brene Brown would say, like, you're in the arena, you're doing it. Yep. <laughs> uh, that is, that is fantastic. So, um, just to come back to the, to the mental block piece, because I want to know, like, you know, that's, that's a common thing. And so for people that are listening that, you know, have felt that call to adventure, have felt that call to do something, maybe not to, to sell everything and to become a digital nomad, but, you know, want to go embark on some kind of journey. And they've asked these what if questions, but they're experiencing those mental blocks. What, what advice do you have? Uh, you know, kind of what I was going through in my mental gymnastics while I was listening to the individual at the coffee shop, it's, it's once you start feeling uncomfortable, lean into it and explore it. Mm -hmm. 
And again, ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? What's the worst case scenario? I mean, that was what <clears throat> my therapist kept telling me when I was almost trying to convince myself not to do this was he said, Logan, what's the worst case scenario? And I started thinking through it and I was like, okay, well, it's actually not that bad and everything is temporary. So also realizing that, you know, taking that risk doesn't mean that it's, it's permanent. Mm -hmm. Like in this, I told myself, I was like, I could get on the road and a month later say, nope, not for me and move back to Chicago. Right. But also that safety net, I was like, okay, well that's worst case scenario. Best case scenario is I love this. I continue traveling for as long as I, I feel like I'm getting something out of it. And I come out more resilient than ever. So I would say once you're faced with some of those uncomfortable thoughts or things that you feel like are impossible, pause and and really reflect on that. Um, because that's that's where I really think you're going to uncover your true capabilities and what you're really possible of. Great, great advice. I love this. I love this journey that you're on. You know, when you you're going to travel, you're going to go to Greece. You got all you got a lot ahead of you, Logan. And, you know, there's going to be people following this story. And someday Hollywood is going to make a movie about this story. <laughs> and I want to know when they do, who's going to be the actor that plays you in this movie? It's funny because I feel like when I think about you know, I feel like when it comes to like actors or celebrities, you have some of these like parasocial relationships, right? Where it's like, you feel like you're connected to them, but they don't even know you exist. Yeah. And for some reason, I feel like um, I've always kind of had that with Hugh Jackman. Nice. Love it. <laughs> so I think that's where I would lean towards because um, he's also famously played a character named Logan for the past like yes, decade. He has. And <laughs> yeah. And growing up as a kid, I was a huge X-Men fan. Awesome. And so I remember going to like one of those, you know, conferences and I, I got a picture with Wolverine and he was like, oh, my name's Logan too. And then it's like, I was sold. That's and then amazing. whenever Hugh Jackman stepped in, I was like, okay, that's He's it. perfect. That, that was a good one. I love it. So what's your movie going to be called? It's funny as I'm, I'm going through this journey, I've been kind of just in a funny way telling people it's kind of my, you know, eat, pray, love moments, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and oddly enough, like I was just listening to one of the podcasts by Elizabeth Gilbert, who actually wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Right. And I know Julia Roberts and I, I don't envision this like ending at, you know, a temple in India with a shaman, but who knows? So can't take that title, but I think it's very applicable. So I think for me, like the culmination of what this is, is I would say the title could be an unexpected journey embracing uncertainty and living without boundaries. Oh man. Starring Hugh Jackman. Starring Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Logan, this has been incredible. And I just am so grateful that you spent the time with me today. And for those listening, I hope that you've been inspired today as much as I have. I hope that Logan's story has encouraged you to listen to the voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or you need a nudge to create one, please send me an email. We'd also appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving a review and sharing or tagging Inspire Campfire in your social media. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thank you for listening. Logan, my friend, thank you for being here. Thank you for the invite. This was wonderful. I really enjoyed this.